Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. After a two-week hiatus, we are back on the death lineup. Brian, for whatever reason, we just couldn't find a time to record. And then uh, all last week, I was kind of busy with wrestling stuff. So finally, we uh, are in the time slot that is usually Thompson to Clark, but Brad is on vacation. So we're going to do Thompson to Clark on Wednesday instead at this same time. But it is time for the death lineup. You see maybe an unfamiliar face there. And that is the face of uh, Michael Miles, who is a Lakers fan and fellow podcaster. Now, before you boo your screen, we are going to talk about Warriors-Lakers. And look, we got to take our lumps, right? The Lakers have pretty much owned the Warriors this year. So we're going to go over that game. And then uh, and then after we're done, Michael will Michael's going to get on with his night. And Brian and I will talk more Warrior stuff. But Michael, what's up? How's it going, y'all? So... Let's uh, let's talk about the Lakers here for a second, because I think what I was hoping yesterday, Steph's back, Andre's back. The Warriors are going to have a little bit of this, just this like great momentum. And somebody before the game had reminded me, it might have been Ben Cruz or might have been actually Brian in a, in a text message going like, oh, by the way, they spent last night in L.A. And I was like, oh, great. And then it's a morning game. <laughs> And, um, you know, afternoon, early afternoon game. And then I was like, you know what? I have a feeling the Warriors are going to lose this game. And they did, even though the Lakers were without LeBron. The Lakers are just a bad matchup for the Warriors. But my question to you, Michael, is, is since all of the trades, to me, the Lakers look like a much more fundamentally sound basketball team, offensively and defensively. Now, some of that is, I think the guys sort of understand their roles, but you look at, uh, yesterday, Vanderbilt, Beasley, their plus minuses were great. Austin Reeves was showing off on national television. What is your take on this current version of the Lakers post-trade deadline? This is the most fun I've had watching the Lakers in, since their championship run. Um, you know, we've seen moves over the last years that didn't make a whole lot of sense to everyone else, but I, deep down inside, was trying to have enough copium to get me through the season and somehow we landed these players and, and watching them fill in these roles perfectly um, is, is so fun to watch. And with Anthony Davis, you know, leading this ship right now with LeBron out, I couldn't ask for a better performance yesterday. Um, there's still a couple of things that, you know, I'm, I'm worried as we move into the postseason. It's can we keep this up with LeBron on the court? Because for whatever reason, 
when LeBron has these role players out there and he, you know, drives and kicks, they can't hit those open threes. We've seen that <laughs> over the years with his previous team. So I just hope the same mentality they have right now sticks for if and when we make the playoffs. Bri, that's something that's really interesting that Michael said. And and we've seen LeBron in every iteration since, you know, the the Heat teams and how he plays. And these later years, you can go to the Cavs teams who the, the Warriors played them four straight times in the finals. He can he turns a lot of people into corner three shooters. And like Michael says, you would think that you get those open threes and, and you should be able to hit them. But sometimes if you're not in the flow of the offense and it becomes really LeBron dominant, like you can kind of just be like, oh, like I'm just going to sit in the corner and I'm not I don't feel like I'm a, a very good basketball player here. And then you end up kind of getting cold. Uh, can you do you do you see the same thing as Michael, where you put LeBron back in, he dominates the ball and maybe all of a sudden these guys who are playing really good basketball kind of just go into being corner three shooters and, and maybe not successful ones. I mean, I don't think so. Like, you look at, I don't know, that 2020 roster, what, only a couple guys it felt like were kind of pushed into that being like, wasn't like Caruso offensively kind of had to become more of a corner three guy. And then obviously Danny Green. Um, But I mean, you look at like the current roster and like Vanderbilt, I know he's supposed to be like, he can't shoot threes, but for some reason the corner, he's like, okay. I don't know if, (laughs) if you've seen like, since he's been on the Lakers that he's been trying the corner three that much, but he's, you know, not really a three point shooter, Anthony Davis, you want to let him cook in inside. Um, and then Beasley's obviously just like going to, going to shoot all over. But I think this specific roster, um, although I like a lot of it on paper, it might not be as typical of the, you know, successful LeBron rosters where it's just like guys who are like literally just go camp there, even though that might not, might not have been your game prior. It's your game now. And it makes like you should be able to sit out, sit on the corner and and just shoot wide open corner threes. But I just I just feel like this specific roster has different skill sets that don't totally um, isn't necessarily made for that style. But it could it could work and it could be even better. I don't know, maybe not better than LeBron championship runs. But I I really like who Vanderbilt is as a player. So you you like the fit even if it's not the fit that everybody thinks is successful for a LeBron team necessarily. And I, who's to say that LeBron can like do like LeBron things in the play. Like he might need more help, more, more to, more to lean on. And that makes sense. He's in his older age. Well, does. Don't forget. We have D'Angelo Russell who we didn't get to see yesterday. So he, he will be there eventually. Um, you know, with LeBron, it's more so the guys around him can get this nervous energy. I've seen it. I've watched almost every game the last two years, and, and it doesn't matter who's on the court with him. There's this nervous cloud around them for when he kicks them the ball. You just see them like hesitate just a fraction of a second, and that's enough time for a defense to, to make an adjustment or for that play to then fail. It's, it's something that's just happened time and time again, and it's very frustrating to watch. With this team being so new to LeBron, I mean, we have 20 games left. I don't know how gelled they're going to be coming into the playoffs. And that that's my uh, my most worrisome feeling is, are we going to be gelled together? Are we going to have this team chemistry going in? I don't know. Everyone's kind of raising us up on their rankings, and it's kind of freaking me out a little bit that the expectations are, are getting too high. So you mentioned the, the season. I think the Warriors have 17 games left. And Brian and I will talk about the split because the split is not favorable to the road home for the rest of the season for the Warriors. But realistically, with LeBron out for probably three weeks, 
like how can that team kind of gel and and really what the team is until LeBron comes back like this they have to perform like a contender with him being out and then when he comes back again he's very ball dominant so you have to sort of adjust to that so that's going to be an interesting thing for the Lakers but first and foremost you got to get to the playoffs are you confident that they get in that 9-10 slot to at least make the play the play in one game at a time and I think that's the right mentality to have especially after uh the tough grizzly game um ad's got to continue to carry but every time davis falls on the ground (laughs) my heart sinks i you know i think it's our season's over and that's been a trend these last four years um so as long as he's healthy i mean this team can do so much seeing him dominate in length yesterday just shows the potential that's there um it's just can he stay healthy that's that's the main key so, Bri, when it comes to Lakers and, and the Warriors, I mean, I think the dream scenario for the play-in would be a Warriors-Lakers play-in. I, for me, I, I hope that the Warriors do not. I hope that they sort of play where they are and they, they stay in that sixth spot. But why do the Warriors match up so poorly against this Laker team? Because we saw that last night. They, they were missing one guy who was Andrew Wiggins, but the Lakers are missing LeBron. And they just seem to counter everything that the Warriors did. They had an answer and and then a little bit of a run. Um, I think there's a couple things there. Uh, I think there is a little bit of of Steph Rust. I think he was eight for 20. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you watch that Suns game on national TV of when he first came back the first time around this year, it was awful. I wasn't that totally the game expecting... that Clay got kicked out of or no, that was no, after no, that was wasn't. that was out. Yeah, yeah, that, was that, that game one. was after. There's that aspect. There's also I know this is minute, but Jared Vanderbilt completely renders Jonathan Kaminga useless. <laughs> they do essentially the same thing, and Vanderbilt's just better at it. And he just like completely makes Kaminga useless. Um, Anthony Davis playing at this level, I think, is is obviously been been uh, really good for the Lakers, and, and and it's hard for the Warriors too. And Draymond's supposed to be a really good Anthony Davis defender, um, but I know I do think that like the there is what was it last year? What was the series split? Like three, one, maybe warriors won three to Lakers one. I think there is like, what am I trying to say here? Like, I think Wiggins definitely would have helped in that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, this is a different Lakers squad than what we've seen in the past. Like the beginning of the season, the first game, it was like clear. We were the better team. Now you get a couple pieces and D'Angelo Russell Vanderbilt, get rid of Russ. It's like the most important thing. It's a completely different roster. And I do think that fully healthy, I would probably lean the Warriors um, just because of, of what they've done to this team in the past, except for this season. But uh, yeah, I think you would, you would lean Warriors probably. right now. I would lean Warriors right with everyone healthy, assuming everyone gets back healthy, both teams, LeBron's back for the Lakers and, and then Wiggins and, you know, every Steph's got a couple games under his belt. I would probably lean Warriors. Okay, I let still me need ask, to, yeah. Sorry. Go, let me ask you this question then really quick for the both of you. The paint presence for the Warriors has looked, I don't want to say effortless, but they're lacking something down there. In the last couple of games, Mason Pumley had 12 points, 20 rebounds. Nas Reed, 30 points, 9 rebounds. Anthony Davis, 39 points, 8 rebounds. That's a problem for them. They can't gather boards. How do they fix that? They, they punt those, like, for... Now, Anthony Davis is a different level of player than the other two guys that you mentioned, though... Nas Reed would look really oh good God. in the Warriors uniform. He's a superstar again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, for someone like Plumlee, 
the what the Warriors do to a Plumley is they go, go, like go it ahead, is. right? Just do you. That means you know a little bit less for Kawhi, maybe a little bit less for PG. If you you do you, um, Nas Reed just he he just gets he just got really hot against them the last two games. So some of that is a I, I'm sure a little bit lucky, but for Davis he's always going to be a problem because he has an inside outside game, and defensively he makes up for all of the Laker mistakes. He just he's just uh, he's a cleaner in that instance. So. If the, for the Warriors to beat a healthy Lakers team with a healthy Anthony Davis, it's going to be other things that they do offensively. And then they're not going to stop him. But what they're going to do is they hope, and we saw this opening opening night, and I, LeBron was very angry that game. I think that was the game where he's like, we don't have enough shooting. We don't have enough shooting. And it was like game one, right? But what, they, what did Davis do is Davis wasn't aggressive. And when Draymond guards Davis, which he didn't do a lot of yesterday, I don't think. Draymond, there's a level of... Like, Draymond bodies Davis a lot. And Davis, I'm not saying he doesn't like the the contact, but Draymond just does it in a different way, right? Draymond is smaller. He's, he's more stout. He's like a fire hydrant. So when Draymond bodies Davis, it's just all in his legs. And so what he does is he effectively turns Davis into a mid-range shooter. And Davis gets very comfortable with that shot against the Warriors. That shot is great for the Warriors because, A, they're not fouling him on that shot. So if he makes a two, he makes a two. He's not going to get an and one. He's not getting a free throw line. And, And, B, they want him to be comfortable shooting long twos because as we know in today's NBA the the long two uh, isn't an effective shot. So those are the I think if uh in in a matchup all things being equal the Warriors wouldn't solve Davis but they would have a little bit more of a of a fight. I think Draymond's hand being messed up and just overall the miles on this dude's legs this year has, has been the thing to me that is like my biggest worry is in game 75 the tread just goes off of the tires and Draymond gets hurt in some way because he has been playing a lot of center and they avoided that previous to last year. It was like, no, we're only going to play him in these like crunch time spots when we need him because offensively they were just so good that they were mostly winning these games. And now you need him a lot more to play those minutes. So that is, that is my worry, but back to your, back to your point, that is how they would effectively deal with it. And they just were not doing that yesterday. It was like, uh, you get a little bit of Looney here, and Looney's just going to stand and put his hands up. That's what he does. He doesn't even jump. He just stands, put his hands up. But, uh, Brian, did you have any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I just think that Anthony Davis is definitely like a uh, particular example. Like, when you use the Nas Reed and Plumlee things, I think you're right. Like, what have the Warriors just done so well in the whole championship run? It's, okay, we're going to let you cook, and we'll just go small and run you off the court offensively. Yeah. With Davis, you can't do it. It's because he could play small ball five. And I think like what you said, I didn't really have a totally like a great answer on on how I thought the Warriors would effectively stop him. But, you know, I thought you provided a good one there. And I think the Warriors do have bodies to throw at LeBron this time around. Like, uh, like I think Wiggins is a good defensive matchup for LeBron. I mean, LeBron's going to do his thing, right? But yeah. they have guys like Kaminga. I'm just so high on Kaminga defensively. But I think Kaminga last year as a rookie did a really good job against LeBron. Um, and then 
and we'll see what old old Iguodala does in his prime days of guarding LeBron. But and you know, and and this is actually kind of a, a question for Michael. Just in my, I, I'm not watching all the Laker games, obviously, but what I see from LeBron more so this year than than just about ever is his willingness to settle for the outside shot, and some of that has to be just because of the miles, just because of like this dude is you know plays so hard. But in a one game playoff, I think he attacks and he's played, you know, no one has played the Warriors more in big games than he has. And I think he would just go right into attack mode. So if I was fearful of like one particular thing, playing the Lakers, like say in a one gamer, it would be that LeBron's like, okay, it's winner go home and I'm going to just attack the basket like crazy because that would be the way for him to just get things going, get Warriors in foul trouble, all the, all these crazy things that that could happen. So in a one gamer, I'm much more fearful of LeBron than say if they had a seven game series, because I think then he kind of has to, you know, make sure that, that he's not, uh, that he's rested and that he's, you know, not killing himself because he knows he, he, he will think the long game, I think, uh, in a, in a seven gamer, but yeah, and- I think in a one gamer, they're, they're, they're a dangerous team. Definitely. And but my last point to that is I think the Warriors would also not necessarily rely, but try to expose the lack of playoff experience outside of LeBron and AD. Uh Vanderbilt one playoff series with Minnesota, D'Lo two with Brooklyn and Minnesota. Malik, I know he was was he on the Denver Nuggets before, so maybe he had more. He had he had he was on a different team before the Timberwolves. I forgot what team it was. But again, like those are, you know, uh big minute guys and maybe try to force Vanderbilt to shoot that three that that corner three and although he might be again I don't know the percentages but I know if he can hit one it might be the corner three um but in the playoffs it's just a different level of noise it's we saw it with Tatum how how Tatum was just not looking like one of the best seven players in the league Go, when, going uh, back the to lights what I, bright. going back to what I said about them uh kind of trying to okay, let this guy cook and let's guard the other pieces. Now it's really hard to do that. Like, cause that that's why you want superstars. Cause Lakers have LeBron and Davis. So you're, you can't really do that. Cause two guys are going to, there's two guys there who are going to get their stuff. I think the Warriors would uh, very much try to force D'Angelo Russell into a scorer and a shooter because he does a lot of things inefficiently. And so like Brian said, some of these other guys who, you know, I think they would try and bottle those guys up, uh, and and maybe even employ a little bit of uh, of Russ Westbrook uh, defense, where they just leave this dude open and dare him to shoot. Because if you can guard a little bit of four, five on four, that that does make up for some of the space that you know Anthony Davis is. It's all vertical space, but if you if you kind of go five on four against them, and maybe it's like, oh, let's let's let Russell make some decisions here. Is he going to make the decision to give it to the big man? Or is he going to say, Oh, I'm sort of open. I'm never open. I'm just going to go for mine. That's the kind of thing that you do in the playoffs where you're like, Oh, like this is, this is also a mental piece of this as much as it is, uh, you know, a game plan or, or a physical piece of it. So that, that's what will be interesting. And back to Michael's point, (laughs) <laughs> they need the they need the minutes together to sort of figure that kind of thing out. I'm I'm a little offended you compared Westbrook's corner three to Russell's just to, just to start off. Um, <laughs> totally different type of shooter in that corner. Hey, we went through the D Russ experience. So uh-huh. Brian even bought a jersey. So that's how much Brian liked. <laughs> but I was just dying. I was just like, 
we, this guy is hurting my feelings because he's just not the Warriors kind of player. And now that was without Steph, correct? Mm-hmm. So gravity's different there. You got LeBron and AD absorbing some of that gravity off of Russell if he is in the corner. I, I just imagine the schemes are so different with those type of players on the court. So I, I don't want to say apples to oranges, but it, I, I, we don't know. We don't know what Russell is really going to bring to this team. We have such a small sample size of what he's done with us. We only a couple games, but from what we saw, it looked good. Um, especially with Davis and LeBron on the court. Um, as far as playoff experience goes, I think Schroeder is probably our third most experienced player on the roster, and that's with Atlanta and the Thunder. Um, you know, a couple playoff series there. So that that does worry me, absolutely. But, we're, you know, we might get to see guys like Austin Reeves and, and the Vanderbilts kind of show what they can do in the playoffs. And for me, it's about the future. If we can go deep in the playoffs this year, great. Is it expected? Absolutely not. My expectations for this team at the beginning of the year were so low and somehow we're climbing up the ladder and now my sights are definitely on next year. And, and you know, these three weeks of rest that LeBron rest recovery from inner injury could be a blessing if this team climbs in the rankings and heaven forbid gets the sixth spot. That's the dream right now. If we get mm-hmm. that sixth spot and we play Sacramento in the first round. Awesome. Can't wait to see it. I hope LeBron makes it back for it. Um, if we lose that series, I'm honestly, I'm okay with that because expectations are, you know, fairly low for what we started with and what we have now. And then we roll into the next season with a, a pretty stacked lineup um, that I think can get 50 plus wins. And I think other teams would be scared of. What is the future though? LeBron has uh, two years left after this. Is that, is that what it is? Yep. And you know, I, I think you guys did not mortgage all of the future. You still kept at least one of those picks. So, but what it like? What is the future for the Lakers? The future to me seems like it's like we got two more years to win a chip, and and we'll see what happens. I would love to run this team back. I mean, from what we've seen so far with with Davis and LeBron with the squad, it looked great. You know, everyone's talking about it. everyone's not wanting to play the Warriors or the Lakers in the first round. Um, Again, it is a very small sample size, so we don't know what an 82-game season will really look like with this squad. But I, maybe I'm on hopium right now that I think we can make it through <laughs> with this team. I don't know. But I just hey, from what I've, what I've seen in the last two years was so ugly, I would have taken anything else. And, and now that we got this squad together who seem to like each other and are playing for each other rather for themselves, that goes so far. And that's why this play-in game is kind of important for the NBA because all these teams go, oh, you know, the Lakers can talk themselves into, we just got to get to 10 and we have a shot. Similarly with the Warriors, right? Oh, this pedigree, you know, LeBron's got the pedigree of being in the championship uh, series so many times and same with the Warriors. And so you talk yourself into it. And in other years, if you had to get to eight to make the playoffs, it might be like, oh, Shut down LeBron, got shut down Davis. Oh, Curry. Yeah, got to shut him down. You know, Draymond got to shut him down. But now with this with this playing game, it seems like more teams believe that they have a shot. Uh, Brian, you have anything else uh, to add to this before we let Michael go? Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, I really like the Lakers trade. And I think as I continue to like kind of talk myself through it here, I truth truthfully, like out of the current teams in the play in, like I think the Lakers are the team I would least like to see you know like i think that the lane uh the lebron the whole lebron warriors thing it would be nice to like if to like send them out and 
and kick him out of the if the plan if that's what it comes down to but yeah i don't think i'd want to see the lakers in the plan i out of the first potential first round opponents you know you talk nuggets uh kings suns Grizz. uh, grizzlies like the lakers are probably up there in teams i wouldn't want to see either i'm confident that in a seven gamer the warriors would win but i just know like lebron's just different in the playoffs right and so i just know that you know, it would make he would he would try to extend that series as long as possible. It makes it tough, makes you tired for the next series. I'd, the best case scenario is the Lakers make the playoffs, but they see like the Nuggets in round one for the Warriors because they could just, you know, beat down the Nuggets a little bit mm-hmm. and make them a little tired for the next round. But no, I'm with you. I'm with you, Michael. I like this team. I do. I do like this team. I feel like, you know, the 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 mesh playing together is going to be important. Although I say that and last year's Warriors team didn't even really play together until the playoffs. But I mean, the sample size we've gotten is like one game and a half, right? It's the Pelicans game and it's half of the Warriors game until LeBron barely plays and D'Lo goes down. So, you know, I think that there, there is, especially for a player like LeBron, who is like your most, your focal point on that entire team, you need to like be able to play with LeBron. And that's the guy who's missing for three weeks. I think, I think that's just going to, I think that's just going to show itself. But at the same time, teams will be will not necessarily know how to scheme against them in the playoffs for the first couple of games or for the first like quarter and a half if it's the play-in because you haven't seen that team together. And there's things that could happen that I'm just trying to run through my head right now. I would probably lean towards um, Lakers, you know, that's jumping over Utah at least and and getting in that 10 spot. So you see, you see the Lakers winning one playoff series? Um, depends on who their matchup is. Mm-hmm. If it's the Nuggets, no. I just think that the, they'll just like kind of, I don't know, take it to six, maybe take it to five or six. And it's, and it just, it's just good for the Warriors because longer series makes it, you know, tougher for, to get onto the next series. It just makes the players tired. Celtics went to like three game sevens last year and it worked out for the Warriors. Uh, okay. So Michael, why don't you let us know where people can listen to you and your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So I run the hooligans pitch. We are the hooligans pitch.com. We are a homebrewed fantasy soccer league, which we do champions league, premier league, uh, the world cup men's and women's we're starting to dabble into MLS. Um, we are going the opposite way of automated fantasy leagues. We are doing everything by hand. We do everything <laughs> on Google, Excel. We have a thousand formulas that run on these sheets. It's a great little hobby of ours that we're building up. We have people all over the world, uh, not only listening, but participating in our pools. It's a really good time. We have a great Discord, great community. Um, it's been a lot of fun. This has been ongoing for roughly 25 years. Started in Ottawa, Canada. is now hosted in Columbia, Missouri, and Sacramento, California. Um, give us a shout. We're on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, the hooligans pitch. And are you subscribing to Apple TV to watch all this MLS that's on there? Oh yeah. Big time. MLS. They just released a whole new Jersey line. Um, you know, leagues are really starting to prep, uh, for 2026 when the world cup comes to America, you have all the divisions right now trying to get as much you know, as many people interested, that's why you're seeing big shows like Welcome to Wrexham, Ted Lasso, uh, All or Nothing coming out. They're trying to get this big popularity. So, you know, we're kind of in this little boom right now of uh, of soccer. So it, it's been let a me, good time. Let me know if you have any Quakes people who may want to oh, yeah. podcast. Definitely. Let me, I'll let, let you know. know. We're, we're always looking to add podcasts to this network and, and right uh, on. be interested. All right. Thanks to uh, Michael Miles for, for joining us to, to talk some Lakers and uh, check out the Hooligans pitch. 
and uh, and if you're if you're into the soccer thing, the, the the fantasy league and doing it by hand sounds terrifying to me, but <laughs> it also sounds kind of fun. It's not that like, bad. It's like pretty fun. Great, like I'll show it to you sometime. I'll show it to you. All right, thanks, Michael. All right, thanks, fellas. Have a good night. Peace. All right, so that was fun. We've been meaning to do that for a little while. Glad that uh, Michael could come on. You know, Michael, I th- I would have first met Michael when he was like a teenager, like maybe a high schooler. And then I, uh, maybe even earlier than that. And, and, uh, he was a swimmer and for some reason, I don't know, maybe there was like a picture of him posted in a, in a speedo, but for like 10 years, he was just speedo boy. <laughs> and that's, that's just what I called him. And then that just became a little bit of a nickname, but now he's a grown up. He's a grown man. He's got his own podcast. He's speedo working man. for sport. He's working as an SID in, uh, in Missouri. So that's cool. That's kind of cool. I didn't, you know, I did. You sometimes you don't even realize how old people get just right, right before your eyes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the return of Steph and also the return of Andre because I think it's important that we talk about Andre as a possible help because that's what this was for, right? We talked about this in the beginning, and we were just like, maybe he just doesn't play until after the All Star break, and we just let let him get you know let him stay uh healthy and and work out and just stay strong but now he this is sort of the the time for which you would have signed him and where you would expect him to play uh he almost seems like a guy without a position though the way that they play basketball right now because he's playing in a lineup where a lot of times he's like the four like there was moments where he's a garden ad on the block yesterday yeah, um, I, 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 I've, I've made, I've, I've made some, made some quick judgments that I'm not too proud of. You did. I think I was. Judge yeah, like just I mean, you judge I'm not sure. If, yeah, I'm not sure if I said it on this podcast or not, but I definitely thought it. Where I was super hyped that he was coming back because I knew he'd be a positive for some of the young guys, and then when he came back. I think he was a plus. Like if you if you grab all those minutes from the Spurs game and like Chicago so like game, like two or three games, right? Yeah, and I bet he, I bet the minutes were a plus. But he goes down immediately, and I'm like, man, was this really like, was this really a Haslam thing more than just because you look at Haslam? Yes, you, and he's you just have more made like the a, has, you you've made the okay, Haslam. So I did comment, say that. But I here. think I think it was in was when we we're playing 2K more so than in in a podcast. Oh, than in a podcast format. But yeah, I I well, I was thinking that maybe. You know, I, I always Haslam's definitely just like the guy on the bench who's just like, you know, a leader, right? But I for Iguodala, I was like, no, guys, it's different. He's gonna actually play. And then he gets hurt again, and I was like, oh, is he really Haslam? But now he's back, and now I'm gonna make a quick judgment again that he's gonna be really important, and you know, and, and not just off the floor. Like, I, mean, I know he's not gonna get like these crazy amounts of minutes, but he just is just he a better. He, knows he to, played 14 minutes yesterday. That was more than Kaminga. That that feels that feels too much off the bat though, but. Um, you know, he's just gonna he's just gonna put things together. He knows this offense so well. He's just gonna make sure everyone's in the right spot. That's so valuable to have. And yes, it's, it's that that's see. where I find him to be such a value. Is in the, a lot of these younger guys, you know, Kaminga and and Jordan Poole, like he can kind of help right the ship a little bit to where and and Draymond has mentioned this, and you've mentioned this from the get go. Draymond his actual opportunities to coach these guys really hard sometimes it's doesn't work as well when you punch some guy punch one of your teammates in the face and then all of a sudden now you have to like play like he he's it definitely looks like he's doing a little bit more like nice guy Draymond and so maybe Andre can 
be a little bit one of the demonstrative, you know, taking JK aside and being like, come on, dude, like you got to do X, Y, and Z. I mean, he got ejected. Do you remember the Chicago game? Cause he was mad at Jordan. I'm a hundred percent sure. That's the reason Oh, because why. when he threw the ball, when he threw the ball in the stands, I think he was pissed off that Jordan made a bad defensive read or cost them a bucket or something. Yeah. So that, that will be good. And I just hope that I hope he can play. He did not want to shoot yesterday until he had to. And they treated him kind of like how they treated JK. The Lakers just sagged off of both of those guys when they got the basketball pretty hard. And it screws up the geography and the spacing for the Warriors. And it made me wonder, Anthony Lamb played 27 minutes yesterday. He was Steve Kerr's answer to Kuminga maybe not being as effective as, as he wanted him to be because they just left him wide open. And Anthony Lamb played well. I think he had the best plus minus on the team. And the problem is that they just played him in his 50th game, so he's not available to play unless they sign him as the 15th guy. So if Anthony Lamb is your Kuminga replacement, then where's Kerr going to go for the next Kuminga replacement? Is it going to be Patrick Baldwin? Is Patrick Baldwin going to get an opportunity to play some of those Anthony Lamb minutes. That is that is what I want to see, if Kerr will actually do it. I hope so. I don't want Anthony Lamb to have any success. <laughs> well, I mean, but he, he can't, right? Like, he, he unfortunately, they've played all I know, but games, it just though. seems like it seems like all the stars are aligning for him to be the 15th guy, right? For him, for them to sign I him. Think but I wonder if they're doing... Now. Like, Kerr right? loves it just, him. It makes too much sense, but I wonder if they're doing more before they do actually sign him to the 15th spot. I wonder if they're doing more um, background on on some of the off the court stuff. Like, I feel like my morals just can't get past it. And I know. I mean, do we really know? About, do but. we really know what the story was, or we only know sort of the scuttlebutt about that situation? I think we know. I mean, there's. I think there's a good amount. Like, I've read multiple articles on it. Um, I don't know if the Warriors needed to, but you know, the, the Warriors said they did their due diligence, but they didn't reach out to the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I I mean, yeah, I don't want to speak on something I don't know too much about, but it's, uh, yeah, Anthony Lamb's weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but from a basketball standpoint, there are moments. There are moments where he definitely helps. There are also moments when he uh, doesn't, and and you can, and it's very visible. And then you know, they, then you take him out and you, and you put in somebody else for that moment, but. Who's going to be Kerr's trusted guy, I think, is is going to be a question here. Is it going to be Moody? It could be Moody, right? It could mean no, Moody so. gets a few more of Lamb's minutes because it's not like it's not like Lamb is that much taller than Moses Moody. He's just a little bit more physical. Patrick Baldwin is a lot taller than uh, Anthony Lamb, but he's not as physical. He doesn't really he hasn't really shown a willingness to kind of get down and, and get dirty. Uh, he, I mean, he just sits out and through point line and they just pass the ball and he chucks it up. But uh, that's going to, I think that's going to be something we need to look at now. They could fix all of this or at least most of it uh, with Wiggins coming back. Which, and that's the other wild cards. We just don't know. Like there's been no information about this situation with Andrew Wiggins. And I'm sure it is because they know that he likes to be a really private guy, but 
Man. And they're probably how the how the last incident with him came out too about the whole vaccine thing. I'm sure he wasn't too happy about that. So maybe they're just trying to do this. Yeah, that's kind, that's kind of what I mean. Is they they probably know that about him and that he's going to be really frustrated if this information gets out and and maybe it would hurt him coming back. So yeah, I don't know. It's just such a weird thing. Like you would have thought by now, you know, personal matters, family matters. Usually that means like one or two games, and so far. It's meant like was like it like three eight? weeks? Yeah, it's like eight <laughs> games or something like it's that. It's like before the All Star break. It was the game before the All Star break, I believe. Do you think we can rely on him, or you think this is going to be something that extends I, out? I, see, like you can't even like speculate or or guess when this guy's going to come back because we have absolutely no clue. We have no clue what's going on with with his personal life. So obviously, like yeah, you. I, I was I almost forgot the guy was on the dang team. I know, um, but he yeah, he just brings. If there's no Wiggins, there's no finals. There's no yes. there's no chance. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I don't know. I mean, how do we... You, you can't even really think that way because this is kind of unprecedented, right? Now, now other teams are going through similar scenarios. John Morant and whatever's going on with him there is an uncertainty there with the Grizzlies. Like they don't know how long he's going to be out. If he's out like eight games, like Wiggins, that's probably pretty meaningful for their team. Uh, other teams have lots of injuries. Like when's the last time cat played right cat and Zion. I have no clue when they're coming back. And cat was just like, uh, I think uh, I forgot. I think it was Rosillo said like when you do a, a search for his injury, like the number one term that comes up is like mysterious or something like that. Like mm. that's how funky his injury is. No one really knows what's going on with that. So yeah, there's a lot, you know, the, the Warriors aren't the only team who, who's got issues. You know, there are other teams that have that have issues, but there are other teams who look to be like running away with stuff. And one of those teams is the Phoenix Suns who the Warriors will, will be playing uh, shortly. But it's like teams like that, where you're like, okay, they they know who they are. We know who they are now, and they're going to be really hard to beat. But then there are teams like Dallas where you're like, what is Dallas with Kyrie? Like, why are they struggling so hard? So the West is just so upside down right now. What What is your take on who, like, the really good teams are and who kind of the pretender teams are? I, I think there's an argument to be made that even on both sides of the conference, there's no, like, super elite teams that you can just say, yeah, they're going to win the championship. So I think that is an exciting thing about this year's playoffs. I mean, you, you think Boston Celtics, right? And they just lose to the Knicks two games in a row. And the Knicks looked legitimately better than them. So it's just, uh, I don't know. For the West specifically, though, like you say, like, oh, yeah, the Phoenix Suns are going on a run. They only beat Maverick, the Mavericks by, like, you know, one or two or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and you know, the you say, like, oh, the Mavericks with Kyrie, they can't seem to get it done. And that's that's fair. That's what's happening. But they are only losing by like one or two every single game, which is weird and funny because Luca and Kyrie are supposed to be these two great closers who can look at the end of the game when you need. It just hasn't been happening. Um, but yeah, I think this is another year where it's like kind of open. Like I, I personally was like right when the Suns got KD, I was like, okay, yeah, there it is. There's your West Finals. That's who's going to go to the Finals. But I mean, you look at like the Suns roster and what has help the Suns beat the Warriors in the regular season these past three years uh, was also like the 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 depth they had. And mm -hmm. they had like really good bench pieces um, that would that would play their style of basketball perfectly. And I feel like this year they don't have that as much. So yeah, the even Steph, them. the Steph stopper is gone. They had to trade him to get KD. 
Exactly. Mikel Bridges, oh man, Warriors should be ecstatic that that's the guy's no no longer they don't have to see him four times a year. But yeah, I there's there's just so much opportunity. I mean, we'll see with the Nuggets. Like I'm a believer. I don't know if I'm a believer in them just because of defensively, how your best three players are, you know, not good defenders. I don't know how far that's gonna take you. But yeah, I, I think this West is open. And I'm you know, the Warriors totally have a chance to get it done. Do you think the Kings hold off the Suns? They're currently two games ahead of the Suns. Um, I think that the Mem- I think Memphis will fall. Uh, and I think the Suns could grab the two seed and the Kings would stay in the three seed. That would be my prediction. But if you told me the Kings got the two seed, I wouldn't be too surprised. It's been so like, like they're not totally frauds. And I know if there's, you know, Kings fans, they're, they're waiting for anyone to say anything bad about them to then pounce. But, you know, you look at what the 26th or 28th defense in the league, um, the best offense of like all time. I just think playoffs, you know, there, there, there is an argument that, you know, our, our friend Marshall told me where the Kings like defensive rating in the fourth quarter is like actually pretty good. <laughs> so I guess that could like be of worry because you think that, you know, bad defensive team, they're not going to get it done in the playoffs. But if they bog down in the fourth quarter and, and lock you out, then I guess that could work hypothetically. But I'm not a believer in the Kings past the first round. I just want them to give some teams some trouble, and then they're they they're balance. the they're the barbecue chicken team for me. They're the team that the teams want. When it comes down to it, they don't have the playoff reps, and they don't have the guys. You slow down, and you play the the slow down game, and it's all about getting hard twos. I think they're going to struggle. I, I actually that it's such a fun team, so it's really good for the NBA that this team is playing so well because you kind of root for them. They're the underdog. They're plucky. It's all about the stupid beam. Uh, and so, you know, I think it's great, but I do think they're going to be the, the team to fall. I would not be surprised if they lost their first round series because look at the teams, even if they get up to number two, maybe it's Minnesota. I think they could probably beat Minnesota. I don't even think so. I think their best chance is against Dallas, and I still think Dallas beats them. I've, Clippers, Minnesota has Warriors. Yeah. Those are tough veteran teams with with championship players that the Sacramento would have to beat. Yeah, I know. I like, it's just, they don't have the best guy in like any series they're about to play. I just say Minnesota because Minnesota Minnesota's Minnesota's got got them two one this year. And they're, I, I think they might go end up being going three, one against them. And the I know it's regular season, but you know, they're still missing cat. What happens when that guy comes back and now he's the best player in the series technically, but yeah, that, that probably is their best matchup on paper I, I i just have this unwavering this unnecessary unwavering confidence that the minnesota timberwolves like can beat them i don't know why so the previous uh we the well the week that we were away maybe we should have been away because they, they played so well when we were away they had won five in a row all of them at home predictably because they are a good home team and they are a terrible road team and then their first game on the road against Lakers, that's when they lose. <laughs> but the, a lot of what the homestand was, uh, was them. Not easy teams, though. Well, they were also getting behind really early, and then it and then it was Clay kind of just saving them in, in a few of those games. And it made me wonder, now, now that Steph is back, does Steph put a little bit of a water on the flame? On Clay, because Clay started off really well yesterday in first quarter. Then they got behind so badly 
And then in the fourth quarter, it was Steph pretty much taking every shot. So I kind of wonder, like, how are they going to balance that? Because Clay was 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 the Steph on that homestand. He he was playing Steph Curry in 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 those games to to bring the Warriors back. I feel like, yeah, it's felt like that a lot with Clay this year. Those those they, him and Steph just haven't like like completely synced up this year. I mean, what was Clay like eight of eighteen? I think I think I actually just checked this before we started. So I think he was eight of eighteen yesterday. Steph was eight of twenty. I think you bet on the chemistry and that they've played together for ten years that they're gonna figure it out. But that I mean that's true. Like Clay, you know, the whole argument with Clay going down in that Toronto series was like, damn, he was literally just starting to like try out some new stuff and like <laughs> really look like he was about to hit his peak, and then he goes down for two years, and now he's coming back and he's doing things he's never done in his career before. So. I don't know if there's like something he unlocked there, but yeah, he's looking like a guy and for a, for a top five player in the league to come back and take your reps. Like most people understand, but Clay's got this unwavering confidence where I'm sure he still wants his. So yeah, they're going to have to figure out and maybe it's um, Clay kind of having some of those non Steph minutes. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they'll figure that out. They should honestly just do some of the lineups without Steph for second units. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Clay, Dre, and Poole in the second unit with like Kaminga and Well I sent I sent you and our buddy Ben uh, a plus minus and it's a small sample size, but in the 128 minutes that Kaminga has been on the court with Draymond, Jordan Poole, and Dante G- DiVincenzo, those four together have had a plus 18 net rating, plus 19, almost plus 19 net rating. So that kind of says what what you say is that that is a successful non-Steph lineup to to a small degree, but maybe they need to try it out a little bit more. So when you go, yeah, you know, Steph is, there's there's anywhere between 12 and 14 non-Steph minutes. How do we keep the offensive? Well, let's try that thing let's let's see if we can make it so that those guys are playing together and then maybe it is as the fifth guy maybe it is clay in that lineup or or whatever but that that's that is going to be very vital because steph is so dominant when he's back on the court because you saw right you saw the adjustments that the other guys took divincenzo did not did not shoot well uh kaminga and steph for whatever reason do not play well together so there is adjustments, and what I hope is that these last 17 games, Kurt is really putting the playoff lineups out there so these guys get the reps with those lineups because they don't have that much room for error. Let's say in these 17 games where they got 10 road games and 7 home games, best case scenario, let's say they go 9-8. and eight. like that. That's hard for what they usually do, right? Be Based on what they've done this year. Let's say they go 9-8. and eight, and maybe they do sneak out that number five spot. I think that that if you go nine and eight and you finish where you are now, you are fighting for five, six. You are not in the in the seven, eight, nine, ten, ten range. You are fighting for five, six. So let's say they even get there, then you you are in a much better spot for the playoffs. But my worry is their work, they're going to work so hard to make this playoffs that you know that that could be exhausting to get there right and then you got to go win series right now they're in like a 17 game playoff with themselves to try and make it so that is my worry is that they're just going to exhaust themselves getting to whatever that to stay out of the play in because 
I still think there's some demons from 2021 about how they lost those two playing games to get kicked out Jeez. at that point. You know, like you you would have thought, right? Like, oh, you know, maybe maybe the LeBron and AD were were favored against the Warriors in that in that game. But then you go Memphis, plucky little Memphis. You're like, man, weren't we supposed to win that game? So I think they're going to try really hard to stay out of that scenario again, though. I do think they're probably favored to beat most of those teams in that range uh, in a one gamer. Um, you know, if you had to play the Lakers in the one game, we, we talked about that. It'd be tough, but I think they do it. I think they'd beat the jazz, even though the jazz have their number Pelicans. The Pelicans also have their number, but unless the Pelicans they... haven't seen them, um, the, the the Warriors were usually that was the game where they go all right Steph Clay and Draymond yeah sit you sit out. your guys I don't know why they did that against the Pelicans but they were, it was coming off of back to backs they have I don't think they've played the Pelicans with their guys Clippers are tough I think the Mavericks I think the Maver I think they could beat the Mavs I think they beat the Timberwolves but Kyrie against the Warriors yeah I mean he he's loves gonna it. Get, he's, he's gonna he, get he his. treats that as his finals yeah he's gonna get his he's he's a good offensive player but also they will attack him defensively and I I will lick my lips waiting for that. Um, but yeah, you know, that they're going to have their work cut out. If the, if it is a one gamer Clippers, Pelicans like play them good yeah. Lakers play them good. Those are three tough teams. I think they could beat the other teams, but those are three really tough teams in a one gamer. So go for six, man, go for five, six, go for it. And you know you look at the standings. Yeah. You know, it'd be funny huh. if they somehow get to the fifth slot. And like you said, I also kind of feel this way that the Grizzlies could possibly fall to four. Can you imagine round one Warriors Grizzly? That's what everyone probably wants. I'm sure. I'm sure everyone who has a stake in this from the NBA wants either that round one or Warriors Suns round one. I want the Grizzlies, man. Oh, I, I I just wanna I just wanna see Dylan Brooks just falter on the court. Oh, and GP two makes his return or something. GP two, <laughs> yeah. Dylan Brooks just what, shooting. Do we have a GP two update? Mm, I mean, they said early April, right? Like that was the. Oh wow, really? Uh, late March, early April. I thought that was like originally what they said. Maybe it was sec third week in March. I don't. I don't remember, but it didn't sound like it was going to be that much before the playoffs. That's oh my god, that's crazy. But I mean, if you look at the standings, uh, do I have it pulled up right here? I have I it. I have it up. I have it on my phone. Too, I, can, I, I can share it on the. Uh... But my point is, like, why can't we lean on the side of optimism and say, not necessarily that they'll end up in the three seed, but it was like two games away. Aren't they like two or three games back from the three seed? OK, so then that's the other question, which is we have not seen this all year long. I don't know what their longest winning streak is. Maybe it was this five gamer that they just had. But how many games can they put together, do you think? Okay, they so haven't, right? They haven't put together any sort of winning streak whatsoever. So you, in one sense, you could say maybe they're due for a run. But in the other sense, you could say, well, we kind of know what they are and they have not had any sort of consistency runs in them. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that, that was, that's been my argument every single podcast. On our last podcast we did, which was before this five-game win streak, we were like talking about it and like how we always, you know, feel good about this with the Warriors when they win. But when you look at the score, they only win by like two. So it's like, maybe we shouldn't have felt so good about that, that, that stretch of, of, of wins they got saying like early January. 
Um, and then, then you were saying like, guess what? They're just going to end up going in these next (laughs) 500. (laughs) Then they went, then they went five and one, but not necessarily that they won convincingly, but they didn't, they win by a good point margin and and against a a good amount of these teams. Like they killed the Clippers, even though it looks like, you know, that they win by like 20. They they beat the Rockets. They beat the Rockets by 15. They beat the Timberwolves by five. They beat the, the Blazers by 18. They they were losing in the third quarter in that game, I think. Though. Yeah. No, the Trailblazers one was a crazy comeback. They beat the they beat the Clippers by was that twenty-four? And then they beat the Pelicans by nine. So my point is, is that previously when they went on these type of win streaks, specifically during that whole when we went to the Detroit game, I think they were on like a little run there. I got confident because I saw the win. And I didn't necessarily look at the box score. Like I watched the games. I looked at the box score, of course, but I didn't necessarily look at the idea that, okay, they only won by like two. It was like one possession away from them losing that game. But this time around in this win streak, I mean, they're winning by like a good amount. So aren't, aren't you, like aren't you worried about the slow starts? Um, Yes, I am. Uh, yeah, they, like you said, Clay's saving them. They're not going to be able to get saved every time, but I mean, you know, I think you might have also said it, but you know how important these games are to mesh together as a unit mm-hmm. because you look on paper and it's like, oh, what if we get we're on a five game win streak? And what if we add a top five player in the in the league? Like we should win the rest of our games and go undefeated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's just that's just what computes in my head. So I think they just they just got to figure some stuff out. And I mean, they have the pieces. You look at like the roster and you look at like obviously no Wiggins, but when Wiggins comes back, that starting five is the best in the NBA by net rating was the won the finals last year. That starting five, their six man was won the finals last year and still the six man. John, Jonathan Kaminga, I think has proven like, I, I mean, what have you thought of Kaminga these past couple of games? I know the Lakers one was tough, but everything before that, I feel like it's just so like he brings something that, you know, we haven't seen in a while for these warriors teams. And I think it's so essential. Crazy energy, it's, crazy energy it's an energy. It's a hype. Um, he plays so, with, he plays with, charisma right and and for such a uh draymond plays with charisma but for such a um kind of a veteran laden team right you know the most of their best players are 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 the vets and he brings like that young energy and and it's you know when they're playing great like you see clay like clay wants to celebrate with this guy so mm-hmm. I, I i think he's been playing good but you know he does have his detraction which is offensively can't shoot and and sometimes uh if there is any sort of traffic in the lane he's more than likely going to have the ball stolen by a guard like they they just immediately just like like it's a magnet they just go after the ball when he's got it anywhere near the lane so that's yeah that's fair but i mean also you talk about a dante divincenzo when's the last time they had a guy like that who could do some of the stuff he does at the guard position like, I feel like even in some of their better teams, they haven't had that guy. And yet, you know, they're the fifth seed. But I look at this roster and I'm like, you know, Dante DiVincenzo being your seventh man. Mm-hmm. What was the last seventh man to be able to do that? You know, then we're going back to like the Livingston and Godala days, right? So mm-hmm. I, I just think that you look at, you know, their their playoff rotation. And I feel like that's why people have, you know, some of the talking heads and some of the trusted analysts have not given up on this team. Cause when you talk about a playoff rotation and when you talk about who are your best eight guys, you probably put the warriors up there with some of the best teams when you're, oh, yeah. you're we're talking like 
top three. Like you put them up there with the Celtics, you put them up there with the Bucks, you put them up there with Phoenix, Denver. So it's just that's why nobody's given up on them. Exactly, and it's Except, it's it's annoying. I feel like though, we, like I feel like fans. we, yeah, we we give we we sh- we uh, explain their flaws more so than the national media because we watch them from day to exactly. day. Exactly, but yeah. the national media is looking at the big picture, going like, okay. My favorite team is X, and who am I most scared of? Well, it's the Warriors, so we can't give up on those guys. Yeah. Um, all right, let's just quickly look ahead for this week. Um, very, very heavy road schedule upcoming. Out of like their next uh, nine games, see their eight or nine games, I think uh, only two of them are at home. And like we said, terrible road team. The Thunder on Tuesday, good game for Steph to get his sort of his feet wet again. What's Don't up with, count him out. What's Don't up with Shea, though? He's back. Okay, so so he's just randomly sitting games, or was he hurt? I don't, like, what's I don't the know if they're doing that? their OKC Thunder thing again. I thought he was hurt. I think he just made his return, like, last game. That, at least, I actually didn't watch, but I see he posted something on Instagram, like, back like I never left, or something like yeah. that. So I just assumed he's back. I wouldn't, I wouldn't push, I wouldn't completely call them easy, but, you know, we have... No, I don't, I don't think they're easy, because they're very talented, but... I just wonder how badly they want to win these games versus how badly the Warriors want to win these games. True. Uh, Grizzlies, uh, we'll see what's up with Ja. I mean, they're uh, better without him, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's tough, man. The, the what what they're dealing with him and, uh, you know, I know Bain's been hurt a lot this year. I really like him. Brooks is just kind of a. Uh, I know that I know the hometown fans love Brooks. So that that's all that that rivalry that that's going to be a very intense, you know, Thursday night regular season game. Because what did Dylan Brooks say about uh, Draymond? He didn't he have a comment about Draymond recently. Yeah, he just like hates him. Yeah. So there's there's something there. And then Sun uh, Saturday, which is the home game, and then you go up, and then we get the, you know, the best team in the East coming. They split the Bucks games last year when it yep. felt like they shouldn't have. They did. They did. Giannis is just so hard for them to handle. Oh my though. god! Yeah. Uh, and then Monday, KD comes in. KD comes back. His first is this his first game with a crowd to in the Bay Area in Chase Center? Yes. So that'll be something, man. That's going to be insane. Don't don't get excited. Something always happens, and uh, it never. And Chase, KD doesn't come back to Chase. You should you should try and sneak in and see if you can find a cheap ticket for that game. Yeah, like one minute before the game. Yeah. Try to snipe one. You should maybe, but. But um, but yeah, so you know they're gonna have their work cut out for them. And as we've said, sort of every every week, it's like oh, the, these games cut will sort of further define them. And that's what a season is all about. That's why eighty two games is uh is the numbers because each game as you get closer, you're like oh, this defines them. And you know to go two and two, I think here in these next four would be good. I, I think would be good. Um, to go three and one would be okay these guys are are in a different mode of play than, than we even realize. So to lose to the Oklahoma city thunder, um, non nationally televised game and also lose to the jawless Memphis Grizzlies, but beat the fully stacked bucks and Phoenix suns would be so warriors. like <laughs> it, it would be, it very much would be, that would be a very good description of kind of how they played the season. Yep. Um, all right. So we're going to be done here. Uh, like I said, Brad and I will be back on Wednesday to talk giants as the season is getting nearer and nearer. And I think Rod and I are going to be back on Sunday with, we want winners. I had a, 
BSPN News up this morning, yesterday morning, for those listening on the podcast. And I may get one up near the end of the week, depending on what happens with some of these games, especially depending on that Memphis game, because I think that's going to be kind of a one that you're going to want to pay attention to, even if you're not a big fan of regular season basketball. There's going to be some stuff going on in that game. All right, that's it from here. Uh, we'll be back next week for Bry. Yeah, hey, you always ask me what's going on. Oh, for the Bam? Bam? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> forgot. Yeah, um, I did a podcast last week with Cameron Salerno. Uh, he ha- he's credentialed through the Associated Press for the Sacramento Kings. So we talked all things Kings. Um, I'm trying to do I'm trying to do this thing on the Bam where I try to talk with more like of the younger professionals, like around mm-hmm. my age, who are mm-hmm. connected in the league. So I've been, you know, reaching out to people for that. We've got some scheduled. We've also got La Murray, Lawrence Murray of The Athletic coming on Thursday. He covers the Clippers. So we'll have him on uh, on Thursday. So cool. that's what's going on. That works. Check it out. You could see uh, at the BAM pods on Twitter and at the BAM pod on Instagram. You just still can't figure that out you can't get the same i don't want to pay i don't want to pay someone <laughs> i don't want to pay him for the handle all right uh okay now we're done for bry i'm double g see you when we see you peace out